Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are my journals out loud. And today, this is being presented to you on Friday, 11-17-2023. I cannot believe we're almost at 2024. That is something to take a deep breath about. So uh, I'm just going to do a, a little bit of a personal update. Uh, I'm going to do a download, which I've been getting uh, recently, and it may or may not make sense to you. And if you are new, uh, the purpose of these podcasts is really me trying to understand the world through the filter of what I call wired for danger, meaning my theory at this point in time that I've been working with is we all have a primary default to our nervous system, whether it's fight, flight, or freeze. Uh, I think that the people who default into the fight are a tiny percentage but we are the people who, one, cause most of the problems, and we are the ones who can then sort of balance out fixing some of those problems. But we have a very hard time maintaining normal out in the world. And so these are the things that I've been trying to look at. And, and that prefaces where I want to go with this today, because there's so much going on out in the world it's difficult to pick, you know, what is going to be the thing that I most focus on versus I don't want to look, I want to watch TV, I want to disassociate versus I can't even find two minutes to take care of my real life. I'm so busy and overwhelmed. So we're all in a different place. We're all having a different experience. We're all having a different uh, history that we bring to the party. Uh, but we are sharing a collective process that is in the midst of just gigantic and overwhelming change. And I think the most powerful way we can move through it and not go crazy is to understand who we are, what are our strengths, what are our purposes within all of these experiences that we're all having, whether we're being directly affected or not, and how do we want to consciously and purposely move forward? So with that, let's just dive in. So uh, I have relocated. I am now in a hopefully place I can stay for a little bit. Uh, it's down closer to, uh, I'm not, I'm a little outside of Quartzsite. I'm not in Quartzsite, a small town outside of Quartzsite. And so far it looks good, except I have a mouse in my truck. Uh, I don't know if I brought it with me. I'm pretty sure I picked it up while I was here. This is my second night. And so I had gone to the store and I never do this, but I was tired. I went to the store before I drove out to the spot and I didn't put my food away. I just put it in the back of the truck. Uh, and so yesterday morning when I went to go, quote unquote, make breakfast, I saw that I had a visitor or several, I can't tell, because they had sampled everything in the bed. They sampled the carrots, the dog food, the apples. They bit into everything. And the only thing I could imagine was, you know, from living in the desert to jumping in the back of my truck, like, you know, bullseye, bonanza, cornucopia. There were all kinds of tasty things that they've probably never had before. And somehow I have a hole in my dash. They work their way into the cab of the truck too. The dogs didn't wake up and I don't think they made it based on their poop anywhere past just the immediate floorboard, but yes, totally gross. And so 
Uh, yesterday, I had planned on just taking it easy and settle in. And I, you know, cleaned everything up, pilled it out, cleaned everything up, threw all the trash away, moved to a new location, hoping that that would take care of the problem. And this morning, I went to the back because I forgot uh, my pot to boil my water this morning. And damn... There they were again. Now, there's no food that's open back there, but they had also started to make a nest in my uh, one of my blankets, uh, several of the other little soft spots that they could. Uh, and if you know anything about the joy of having mice is if you do not deal with it, they make a nest, they have babies, and it's just off to the races. And the other thing that is extremely aggravating about having rodents or whatever in your vehicles or houses is the first time they get in, they have laid a pathway. They stink, their pee, their poo, their whatever. And then it's like a highway. So once that pathway has been established, everybody's on board. So it becomes much more difficult to manage once you have fresh, stinky mice, mouse, rats, whatever traffic going into your house or your car. Now, as I was, you know, having that aggravation this morning thinking, I I don't want to spend my day dealing with mice. It's supposed to rain tonight. You know, I have it all packed up for rain. I don't want to take it all apart because it's all wet back there. I do have a live trap, so I can try to trap them. But as I was having that, you know, mental aggravation yesterday, I don't want to deal with this. I thought I was hoping that was it. You know, I did all the immediate stuff I could do. Here it is again. And, you know, two things popped into my head to make this irrelevant to the situation that's going on out in the world. They, the mice have broken past my boundary. You know, I don't care what they do out in the world. I care very much when they enter my space. And my space is the engine, the cab, and the truck bed, or the trailer, or the house, right? And what happens is when that boundary is breached, I have to make a decision. I have to decide to deal with it or not deal with it. And having a long history with this process, it can get very, very expensive. Most of you probably who live out in the dirt have had this experience. You know, they start to get in the wires. It's one thing, you know, if they nibble on my carrots and my apple, I can throw those out. Uh, They start chewing through the wires in your engine and you're talking big bucks. And so it's a real problem, not to mention it's stinky and gross. And the parallel, right, is the border. If you don't pay attention and set a boundary and deal with it, the longer you put it off or don't want to, the bigger the problem it becomes. The more quantity of unwanted uh, people or or uh, rodents or whatever, right, or in your space, and you know, I was thinking about how, you know, I, well, I wasn't thinking, I was aggravated because I don't want to spend my time doing this. I don't want to, I didn't do it Yes, I was pissed yesterday because I was really tired and I didn't want to do the work of pulling everything apart and cleaning it up. Uh, I don't want to do it today because it's, everything is wet, it's supposed to rain, and I would like to do other things other than F with mice. And... I don't really have a choice. 
because I also know what happens when I don't deal with it. But until you've had the personal experience of being invaded and have things destroyed and understand the urgency with reestablishing that boundary, that, that, uh, that line, you can't come into my truck or you can't come you know, into my home or my trailer, you know that the problem's never going to go away. Avoiding it doesn't make the problem go away. Avoiding it just makes it infinitely worse and more complicated. And when it comes to rodents, really gross. The rodents usually don't kill you unless they bring in some kind of disease with them, but they stink and they're nasty and it's gross. And it's just gross. So uh, I don't have a cat and the dogs didn't wake up with their mouse running around in here. So uh, I have a couple stories and one was uh, this lady on the sheep farm. She was telling me how uh, one one night she was sleeping and she felt something nibbling on her fingers and she looked down and there was a mouse. And another, I heard another story about how when she woke up, there was mouse poop on her pillow. Uh, and, you know, these are just lines I don't want to deal with or cross. That is just beyond gross for me. And, you know, there's lots of places in the world where people, especially, you know, with kids, are living in rat-infested shelters and are being bit up because the rats are crawling all over them. I have no idea how anybody can sleep with rodents crawling on biting them, but I digress. So, so you know, I wanted to bring that up, not just as, you know, my personal experience with things I don't want to, I don't want, the, the I don't want energy has reared its head. I don't want to deal with this. Uh, I don't want to clean. I don't want to put, invest my time. I don't want to do the work. Uh, there's all these other things I would rather be doing than messing with mice. But if I don't do this, if I don't deal with the I don't want, it isn't just going to magically go away. And, you know, the parallel is the border, the parallel is, where is your boundary? Where is the line that you need to say no to and deal with it? And, you know, when we talk about the fight, flight, freeze, the wire for danger, uh, you know, people who freeze up in the state of, I don't want this, uh, people who run away in the face of, I don't want this, and the people who fight in the face of, I don't want this. If you don't have somebody that's willing to plug the hole the problem is never going to resolve. And this is, you know, made manifest in every, you know, all kinds of ways. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's a simple principle. Uh, you know, there's a, a hole in the back of my truck bed, the mice climb up, uh, and they come in and then they set up camp because there's all kinds of resources. Uh, right now there's even water because it rained last night and there's water pooled and there, there was no food, but there was food. Uh, there's shelter, there's materials to make a house. Uh, there's privacy because there's a cover over the back. There's 
uh, safety because they're out of range of any kind of predator system other than me. They haven't met me yet. Uh, and so, and I really don't like killing them. It's gross. I don't, I only kill things that get into my space when I can't deal with it in a non-lethal manner. So there is really no difference than the border, and we don't want to deal with it. And we have a tiny percentage of people who are waking up to this reality and fighting, I don't want this. Uh, you know, we have people at the, the border who live there, I don't want this, that can't make it stop. And if they fight back, if they try to protect their property, if they try to protect their family, if they try to protect their resources, if they try to plug the holes... We live in a country that says you can't do that anymore. You go to jail. If you fight back, you go to jail. And so if you're a fight person, you're losing your mind. You're frustrated. You're out of your mind. If you're a freeze person, if you're a runaway person, you're either not dealing with it or you just pack up and leave. And that's what the world wants. Pack up and leave. Let the invasion take place. And we don't, we think about those as different things. We think about this as, okay, I just have to deal with my mouse problem, but I don't have any responsibility to the border, so I don't have to deal with that problem. But because we don't deal with the, the bigger level, the more macro version, it it doesn't stop. It just goes on and on and on. And it may not have happened in your lifetime, right? You may have been born and died before the border became open to be a festering problem of an invasion. But wouldn't it have been nice? I forget which president basically closed down the border when he made it. He didn't punish the people coming across. He punished the people paying them. And he said, you know, if, if, you're, if you're hiring workers and not, you know, they're not part of the system, there were penalties and fine. And so nobody would hire people here illegally and everybody went home. So there's nonviolent ways to deal with this. But because our ancestors didn't, our previous generations didn't plug the holes, their previous generations didn't set the boundaries. Now you need the fight people to activate, not to kill, but to manage this. And I don't think it's going to work. I think it's too late. I think, you know, it's it's too pervasive. And again, if any of you have had a massive infestation of rodents or ants or anything, it's a very difficult process to finally get it over with because there's residue. There's It's difficult to clean the stink, right? If you've had the fabulous experience of cleaning the stink, usually you have to throw out whatever they... I had a couch one time. These are these terrible stories. And I was in a house in Phoenix. It wasn't even out in the country. And I remember thinking it was a great big living room and the couch just... I didn't have very much furniture. I was renting and the couch just sat in the middle. And I kept thinking, something stinks, something stinks, something stinks. And I couldn't figure out what it was. I just assumed it was the dog. And for whatever reason, I finally had looked under a pillow and I had a huge colony of mice living under. They had chewed up. It was so disgusting. And the fact that they had been running around in there and the dog hadn't reacted, I hadn't seen them. This was before I was an expert in mice and mouse and rodents. And I was horrified how I'd been sitting on this colony that was building 
underneath me day after day after day. And I never saw them. And, you know, there was, I didn't live there, you know, for very long. So that resolved itself. But it's a repeating pattern. Every time there's an opening, something unwanted comes through. And this is a personal issue. It's a body issue. It's a mental issue. It's an emotional issue. It's a spiritual issue. Uh, it's a physical issue. It's a shelter issue. It is a, we're seeing that at school. It's an education issue. It's a religious issue with, uh, you know, crazy people entering the religious profession and doing terrible things over, over and over again. This boundary idea represents itself and it's a lot of work, especially if you don't nip it in the bud, especially if you don't teach your children what a boundary is and how to manage it. And not dealing with it never works out in the end. And so, you know, I brought, I was, uh, you know, going to bring that up just as, a, as an update. But the more I was thinking about it, the more I was thinking how it's a perfect metaphor of what's going on for all of us in almost every country right now is that we're having a massive invasion. And if you're a wired for danger person, everything in you wants to fight, right? You want to kill it. Most people, a lot of people, some people, you know, their response is to kill the rodents, put poison down, put those terrible traps down, um, just eradicate it. And I you know, that's my last line of defense, I, but I get to a certain point and I can't deal with it anymore because of the damage of, you know, the the disease and the the price of, of them eating things and ruining things. If I can't manage it in a non-lethal way, I will resort to lethal means. And I don't want to, but, you know, I get frustrated because I can't afford to have, you know, my entire engine eaten up, right? And so... You know, that's true in culture. It's true in civilization. It's, it's, there's a really, uh, I, I can find this video. Uh, I'll post it. But, you know, one of the, the responses of human has always been, if it's bu bugging you, just kill it and make it go away. Uh, at a spiritual level, you know, we have to ask the question, I don't want to kill things just because they're bugging me. How do I manage it? And that becomes the complexity of how to exist and coexist. How can we live in a world without using the default button, you're bugging me, I'm going to kill you, which is what we're seeing, you know, as war pops up, right? Uh, I don't, you have no right to exist. And so I am going to rationalize setting my boundary by killing you. Uh, that is not a path forward. That is not a way to manage it. And, you know, and there's complexity in that. You know, we're in a, in a civilization that can afford to have prisons. We can arrest and imprison people that we're afraid of. Uh, you know, in the wild, wild west, there was no prison. There was no way to stay safe. If you had somebody who was violent and dangerous and killing other people, you were limited, you could try to run them out of town and hope they went away, become someone else's problem, or you took their life. And there's no simple way through this. So I'm talking about this as an idea because the wired for danger person, especially uh, the male warrior soldier type, wants to kill to solve the problem. I'm just going to, you know, we see that right now. We see a bunch of guys 
and women not wanting to be active in addressing what's going on in the world uh, in a non-lethal way, saying that, well, when the time comes, I'll just kill anybody trying to get in. And by then it's too late. It's sort of like, uh, you know, having the mice in my truck bed and in my engine and waiting for them to come into the cab, the middle section. So they've invaded both the front and the back. But once they come in the cab, I'm going to start killing them. But if I wait until they come in the cab, they've destroyed the engine and, you know, they've infested all my supplies in the back and it's too late. So I've, I can kill them, but they've done so much damage that there's nothing left for me to salvage. You know, the, tr the, the truck would be ruined because I didn't deal with it on the front end. So the longer we wait to deal with something that's an invasion of a boundary, an unwanted, whether it's a, uh, a parasite, whether it's a virus, whether it's a cancer cell, uh, whether it's uh, someone in the, in the community, uh, we've all seen that. If you have a community uh, and somebody comes in that's toxic, uh, they can destroy the whole community if someone doesn't stand up and deal with them. The longer we wait to deal with, I don't want to deal with that thing, that person, that boundary, that whatever, the more it will fester and grow and push at us. That's that push energy, right? So the mice are pushing into my space, not because they're aggressive, because they're just trying to survive. But I have to push back. If I freeze up or I run away, I tried running away, right? That was my first line of defense. Well, let me just, you know, shoo them out. Uh, and, you know, I made noise and I cleaned out most of it back there so I couldn't see them. I cleaned everything up, you know, so there was no trace of them. And I picked up and moved, hoping, you know, that I scared them out of the truck. And then the vibration of driving uh, freaked them out because I made a couple stops. A lot of times, you know, they'll freak out and run away. It didn't happen. They took the trip with me. I'm pretty sure I didn't pick up a new one here. I still, it's shocking to me that within one night I got a mouse and where I was parked yesterday, there was no people, there was no trash, there was no, it was far away, there was no, almost no evidence that anybody anywhere was walking around. But I could see, you know, there were mouse holes. So, you know, it was just a, a fluke freak thing that they found me in that short amount of time, because what, I mean, usually you don't get invaded on the first night. So, uh, but I thought it's just, it's the perfect metaphor when we talk about this idea of setting boundaries. And everything about setting a boundary is almost the I don't want because you don't know where that boundary is until the I don't want energy activates because somebody pushes into it. Uh, well, my mom and I used to do workshops for women. And one of my favorite exercises that we would do is uh, there's two ways that we would show people where their boundaries were. And one is that you have one person stand still and you have another person take a step towards you. And then you tell that person, the, the person standing still is responsible to say when they can feel their energetic boundary has been invaded. Now we all have a different place where we say no you know, mine is like probably 10 feet out, 
you're in my energy field, stop until I invite you in. But when somebody is wounded and has no boundaries, they will never say no until that person is literally walking over them. Now, if you're somebody who has a big personal space and you're watching this other person unable to say no as they're about to be run over, you can't understand that. But what that is, is it's somebody whose boundary is broken. They don't have the ability to say no. They don't have the ability to set boundaries. Uh, And that happens for a lot of reasons. But that's sort of the job of parents, right, is to protect children from invaders and to teach them what a healthy boundary is, when to say no, and what we're having going on in the school systems, what we're having, you know, at the border. All these places are pushing at us. They're pushing us into our red line of I don't want. And if we, because we didn't deal with it when it was little, we're at a point point now. Now we have to deal with it in a more difficult way. And so, you know, one of the reasons I keep talking about want and don't want is that this is how things operate. Uh, I'm floating around and everything's fine until something, you know, living in the truck, you know, we're making it work, but my boundary just got violated, (laughs) not by a person, not by uh, the axis of evil, not by, uh, you know, anything intentionally trying to harm me or hurt me or arrest me or persecute me or censor me is just a stupid mouse. But boy, that stupid mouse can do a massive amount of damage if I don't deal with it. And that's where this simple complexity uh, idea that I've been trying to work with you about really becomes evident. It doesn't matter what the problem is the energetic response is the same. I don't want a mouse in my house. So if I, to me, it's it flashes danger. It's expensive. It's gross. It's annoying. I had to throw out all these different foods, you know, I had just bought. Uh, you know, there's nothing good for me about having a mouse in my house. Uh, it's all I don't want. I don't want to put the energy into dealing with it. I don't like to clean it up because it's gross. You know, all I can think is cooties everywhere. Uh, you know, it's all I don't want energy. But it doesn't change the reality. Even if I, I got up and I ran away, it came with me. So I have to deal with it today and I don't want to deal with it today And I have a choice. That's my freedom. My freedom is I can fight it by addressing it. I can run away from it again and hope it falls out of the hole, which obviously it didn't. Or I can sit here and freeze up and not do anything. And that is the power of my choice. That's the power of my decision. I'm not free to make mice not exist. I am free to set a boundary and decide how I want to deal with managing that boundary. And, you know, intelligence and experience and, and uh, civilization gives me more and more options to deal with that as a boundary. Or, you know, I can just get rid of all my stuff and sit outside like the uh, Desert Amas does, does with no stuff. There's no food. There's no blankets. There's no warm spot for them to hide. 
they're probably going to go away. Although I have to tell you, one time, one of the dogs, I can't, I think it was Freedom, was sitting on the ground and I, this mouse came out of nowhere and it ran straight for him and tried to use him as its safe space. And I'm thinking, what, how stupid is this mouse thinking the dog is the warm space safe? So there's not even a guarantee that they won't use your body as the safe space, <laughs> but it, that's my freedom. Freedom is the decision to decide how I want to deal with what I don't want. It's not the absence of I don't want. And how I decide to deal with I don't want impacts whether I will be free in the future. So if I deal with I don't want by killing a, a mouse, nobody cares. If I deal with I don't want by killing a person in a civilization that arrests me for killing that person, then I've lost my physical freedom by exercising my personal freedom. So that's where we move into complexity. But the simplicity is I don't want, and I have three ways to deal with it. I can push at it, I can run away from it, or I can freeze up in the face of it. Now, we're half hour in, so I've talked about this one idea. And have all this other stuff that's going on in my head. And so to me, this is the great divide and, and weirdness, uh, and I'm not sure what to do with it-ness. And, uh, you know, living in these two worlds, living in this world of complexity and simplicity, living in the world of abstract ideas and then practical realities and how... You know, the, the simplest, like, I don't want to deal with the mouse, but I'll spend time thinking about how to deal with the border. The border, I can do much less about. The mouse, I can do something about. The, the lesson, the idea, the reason why the energy process is so important is it's the same thing. If I can't find a way to energetically and physically and mentally, emotionally and spiritually deal with the mouse, I'm never going to be prepared to deal with the border. And, and that's just me. So you have to replicate that times billions of times because it's not just, you know, I personally get to deal with the mouse. Yay. But collectively, we have to deal with the border. So if collectively we have 1% of the population that wants to push back, but we have 90 9% of the population that wants to run away or not deal with it, then we have a border invasion. If we have, you know, 60% of the population that says no and wants to push back to the border, then we have a secure border. And that's how civilization operates. So I have control over my life and my mouse. If I can understand the value of dealing with what I don't want and be successful, then, and prioritize, because to me, the mouse is a priority. Whereas, uh, you know, some people would just hire an exterminator or uh, just, you know, leave everything behind and go away. The mouse problem doesn't end. So it doesn't matter if it's me and my mouse or if it's uh, all of us with the border of our country. The I don't want energy is the same and when we, as long as we don't have enough people that are willing to recognize that there's a mouse in the house, 
then it's not going to get addressed. But everybody in the house doesn't have to realize it. You just have to have enough people being willing to deal with it. Because if you live in a house with 100 people and only one person is running around trying to do mouse control, it probably won't work. You're going to have people who leave the door open. You're going to have people who leave trash around. If it's just you, you have the ability to contain it. But the more people in the system, the more difficult it is to contain if you're not in agreement on what the problems are. And so when we're talking about I don't want, push against, run away from, freeze up from, those are our three responses to I don't want, but you have to agree on what you don't want. And so the, the catch is which, is you, which do you not want more? Do you want, do you not want the mouse or do you not want to deal with the energy of having to push against the mouse? And, and so it isn't about the mouse. It's about dealing with the responsibility of what you don't want and then making the decision to do something. So it's easy when it's me and the mouse. There's me and there's the mouse. There's two uh, people, energies, dynamic. I get to decide if I want to deal with it and how I want to deal with it or not deal with it. When you have a border at the at a country level, I can decide what I want and how I want to deal with it. It doesn't mean anything. We have to come to an, a shared understanding that we need to deal with it. And right now we don't have enough people who are willing to deal with it. And so it hasn't been dealt with it because too many people are resisting knowing that there's a problem. And then when we know there's a problem, we're resisting having to do anything about it because most of the population, remember, is run away or freeze up. There's just, I, I don't have statistics on this. And this is, you know, for me, this is kind of theoretical still. But I think we can see the evidence in real life. You know, you can see it within your house, right? Uh, if I had five of us living in this uh, truck, ugh, uh, I might be the only one that wants to deal with the mouse. And I might be able to, to manage it, you know, at 20%. But 100 people in a house, you really can't stay in, on top of that. And so that's why it's so complex, you know, when you start to add in numbers. And all you really have power and control over is your part in it. And, you know, the answer isn't to get mad and to just, you know, I mean, you can. You can move out of the country and say, I don't want to deal with it. But this is the kind of thing that follows you because it's an energy issue. It's us deciding how we want to operate in the world and our bodies and our spirits and our minds and our hearts and our thoughts and our actions always want, don't want. And the reality is most of our energy is in reaction to not want than want, especially in a moment like now where there's way more not want happening. I don't want gas to be expensive. I don't want food to be short. I don't want wars to be triggered. I don't want the sun to blow up. I don't want 
uh, you know, extreme weather. I don't want increased homelessness. I don't want viral diseases that lock the country down, right? So we've got a lot of I don't want. And, and when you talk about, oh, they are doing this to us, the reason why this is happening is that the more you focus people in their I don't want drama, the less you energy you have for I do want. So, you know, when I woke up this morning before I went outside and found the mouse, I was like, boy, I hope the mouse is gone because these are the things I want to do today. But now I'm faced with what I don't want to do today. And that's going to win because the I don't want, if I don't deal with it, will cause more problems down the road. So I can put energy into trying to catch the mouse and get rid of it, or I can focus only on what I do want, pretend like I'm not having a mouse problem, and then at some point I have infinitely more issues to deal with. So it never goes away. It's the decision about when I want to acknowledge the I want and I don't want and what energy I want to push pull, pause, fight, flight, freeze into dealing with what I want and what I don't want. And, you know, if I had millions of dollars, right, I could just walk away, leave the truck here. Uh, I could go down to the road because the town is within walking dis distance. Uh, and I could uh, call a uh, car dealership and I could say, please deliver me uh, a brand new vehicle, <laughs> right? I mean, there's if there's ways to solve it without dealing with it, but that's not really why we're here. We're here in the world. My belief is we're here in the world to learn, to grow and understand and master who we are energetically. And so uh, that's a very long conversation about want, don't want as related to mouse and borders. And they're the same thing. And when you can get that, you can understand everything. It's so simple in its energetic systems. And so I'm going to tack this on the end, but I'm going to talk about it later. So what occurred to me, and again, you know, this is me sort of having, uh, I am processing with you in these podcasts sort of the evolution of my theories at this point. But, but what occurred to me is that the universe, our world, is built on simple principles that are repeated to create complexity. So what that means is, you know, you have a cell at conception, and then it divides and divides and divides. So the simple cell of one continues to divide to cre create complexity, which is a human or an animal living being. Uh, if any of you know what fractals are, I didn't understand them until I saw how you use them to create computer-generated images. It's one thing repeated over and over and over that creates complex patterns that become uh, what you're looking at, a flower, a wave. There's art. Uh, there's a Japanese wave painting that's uh, an example of fractals. A fractal is a uh, thing uh, in our world universe that is the building block for everything that we see. Uh, prime numbers, so prime colors. So we have simple building blocks, right? Red, is it, what is it? Red, yellow, and blue. You can't create 
those three colors, but every color is created in some combination of those three colors. Uh, same thing with music. You have notes on a scale and all music, whether it's a simple song or a complex orchestra symphony, uh, a, a orchestra playing a symphony with multiple uh, uh, instruments, it's, it's a repeating of patterns of complexity based on simple structures that don't change. And so what I started thinking about that, you have prime numbers, you have prime colors. Uh, when I talk about push, pull, pause, those are the prime energies. And we create complexity. So if you, one of my favorite things, as you know, who've been here is parkour. Parkour is the perfect balance of push-pull-pause to navigate objects in our environment in a spectacular way. Uh, sports, dance, uh, martial arts. That's the mastery of push-pull-pause in a spectacular way to create a skill set that's a lot of fun. The better you are, the more you move into flow of all of that. It's awesome. Uh, if you paint, you know, the ability to master color in painting is awesome. You create this flow. Music, the ability to master uh, prime notes, vibrations, sound by creating beautiful music, awesome. And the reverse is true. You can create horrible colors. You can create noise that's not musical or resonant at all. You can be uh, incredibly clumsy. You can be incredibly efficient physically by mastering the primal energies, prime energies, and be violent and destructive. And we see that over and over and over again in our culture, in our media, in our heroes, in our villains, right? They, the master of killing, of using the power of push-pull-pause to kill, 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 destroy, destroy, destroy. Or we can use it to create and make beauty and uh, flow in positive ways. But everything boils down to simple, prime, uh, whether it's colors, whether it's sounds. Uh, and so what occurred to me is what I'm speaking to you about is... These are the prime energies, push, pull, pause. And everything that we do, everything we think, everything we feel, every action that we take in the physical world operates from these three simple energies, but they become complex. And so we forget that this is what we're doing in the same way, you know, we open a box of crayons to open a box with three, with five, right? Red, blue, yellow, white, and black. That feels, oh, I don't have very much choice. I remember being excited about a crayon box that had 124 colors. That was very exciting. Look at all the choices that I have. But what I didn't understand is that those colors of infinite variety, they all originate out of simple, basic, prime colors. And that's 
uh, and this is still new for me. I just sort of thought about this the last couple of days. I mean, I had this idea, but it just crystallized for me in the last couple of days. What I'm speaking to you about and to want, don't want is managing the two things that we have in the world to deal with, with push, pull, pause. So we've got prime energies, push, pull, pause to deal with what we want and what we don't want. And it becomes infinitely complex in all the variations. And where we get lost is we think that the mouse invading my truck is different than people invading the border. And it really isn't how I solve that problem. If I can personally solve that problem is different. But that's the difference between what I am personally responsible for, the mouse, versus what we are collectively agreeing to is the border. And most of us don't want to deal with things that we don't want. And we only deal with them when it becomes personally painful. And that's what's happening. The the border invasion is not real for most of us, but it will be. And so uh, it is this balance of simplicity and complexity that once you can understand it's the same thing, it doesn't mean all your problems go away. Like I didn't you know, ask to have a mouse, but I chose to live out in the dirt where mice live. So this is a problem that comes up periodically. Uh, and I have the freedom to move someplace where there's no mice. But, you know, if I move to the city, now I got a rat problem. I'd rather have a mouse problem than a rat problem. Or I have crazy people problem. I'd rather deal with the mouse than you know, the homeless people that are drug addicts and insane living on the streets outside my apartment. So there's no perfect solution. There's just the version of how you want to deal with the environment as it relates to your personal experience. But it's the same thing that we're also sharing collectively. And we have our most power, like I am I can deal personally in my way with the mouse. Uh, The next level is with the family. The next level, you know, is in the community. Uh, The next level is when the county and then the state and then the country. Uh, But when we look at it at country global level, it's overwhelming. I can't do anything. But if we never, if we're not somebody who will deal with it at a personal level, we're certainly not going to be somebody who's going to deal with it at a global level. And that's how we lose control. That's how we become the sheep because we didn't want to deal with the mouse. And uh, so that's a lot, even though I only talked about mice and borders. Uh, But I think this is good. I think there's a lot of power and understanding that push, pull, pause I can move towards it, I can run away from it, or I can freeze up in the face of it, are my three prime energy choices to deal with what I want and what I don't want. And we don't have a lot of control over 
everything so that we can be perfect and never have anything we don't want because there's no stress there. And we all know physically without some stress, the human body doesn't function. The environment doesn't function. And so trying to create a world that has nothing we don't want in it is not realistic. Becoming more efficient and having a higher level of mastery about dealing with what we don't want nips it in the butt. So I, you know, when people try to tell me how to deal with the mouse thing, I laugh because I've been doing this so long. I have tried everything. One of my personal favorites, for those of you who've had the fabulous experience, you know, they get up in the engine, right? And you can leave the hood up. That's one way to combat, you know, them making a house in the engine. But one time a friend of mine gave me a, uh, one of those electrical, uh, pulse things. And they're not supposed to like the way that the vibration, there's a frequency it emits. So they're not supposed to like that. And you're supposed to be able to put that in the engine and that keeps them out of your engine. Well, I put it in there. I open it up the next day. The damn things are not only chewing on the wires, they've built the nest on top of the actual box that's making the noise. And so, you know, here's a guy, whoever, whatever, you know, universe, his mice didn't like the frequency. My mice just built their house on top of the uh, terrible frequency. So there's a million things we can do and some work and some don't but it's finding the combination that works for you. But there is no single definitive answer. There's only the push-pull-pause, right? So I pushed at them with a frequency that didn't work. You know, what I found has worked is if you put cayenne pepper on your engine, uh, you know, what happens is when they run around in it and they put their, they clean their feet with their tongue, it's hot, they don't go there anymore. Uh, You know, a lethal thing I've used which is gross, but when I get desperate, I don't like to use poison because I'm afraid the, uh, you know, dogs or the cats or whatever will eat the poison mice. This one works, but it's mean. You can put bubble gum. They eat the bubble gum and it works like poison. It destroys, they can't digest it, so they die uh, with too much gum in their belly. But what works with that is that as you put little pieces of gum out, You can tell, it takes, you know, a week or so, but you can tell when they're gone because they stop taking the gum to their away. So you put the gum in the engine and they stop coming to resupply and then, you know, they're gone. So, uh, you know, there's lots of things that you can do. Uh, I've, most of them don't work for me, but those are the two uh, things that I found work if the live trap doesn't work. So uh, we all have our way of dealing with what we want and we don't want. It's not about being right or wrong. It's about finding what works for you. Uh, so me and my mice have a long history. I have an arsenal from having dealt with it over and over and over again, but I'm a fighter. I push against what I don't want. And so I push back in the non-lethal ways, but if you don't go away, I will push back in a lethal way. And that's, you know, what we see happen out in the world. And it's not perfect. I don't like it, but I get desperate. And that's, you know, why the world is imperfect, because there's no simple solution that works for everyone in all times. There's no silver bullet to the border. There's no silver silver bullet to disease. 
There's no silver bullet for mice, <sighs> even though we all wish there was, because it's gross and disgusting, and I do not want to spend my day effing with mice, but I don't get to do what I want today. I have to do what I don't want. So uh, I hope that was helpful. Sorry, the dogs are activating. The microphone is moving. So we're going to take a deep breath. Wish me luck. Uh, I have really good uh, connection. So this is a longer podcast. Hopefully it will go up. <sighs> deep breath, my friends, and I will let you know how it goes when I see you next time. <laughs>